0: Good evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to another phenomenal episode of Go Mo Tonight, the region's only locally focused weekly comedy interest podcast. I'm here once again in the Space Lounge, joined with my by my fabulous co-hosts
1: Zoe Roten Heinzman.
0: And
2: Sam Abbott.
0: We are recording this episode today on February 17th, a Thursday, and uh Hopefully we don't seem sluggish at all because, um, we are recording this much later than usual because we've just been talking on, on screen, um, for like over an hour and a half now. So, um, hopefully we didn't, uh, spend our episode energy on that. But before we even get into the news of the day, I just want to mention the fact I'm in full. Spring manifestation mode. If you can't tell with my shirt, I've even got the the top two buttons unbuttoned, you know? So I'm only doing the summertime, usually. Got the flowers. 60 degrees out today. Uh, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. And I'm trying to manifest more. I don't know about you guys, but I went on two 30-minute walks, which I typically don't get to do in February. Uh, Loving it absolutely loving it. Temperature's going to drop again long before anybody hears this, but it's going to go back up again and then drop again. Climate change. As
1: temperatures do.
0: As they do. (laughs) As they do. Um, But that's a good segue um, just to say that we are going to be joined. This is is so great. This keeps happening. We have another episode with phenomenal guests this week. And so we are pleased to be able to say that Tomorrow, we actually we have not yet recorded this, but we are going to be uh, recording a segment with none other than Joel Huberman, Steve Walker, and Tony Cassidy of the. Peterborough Community Power Task Force, which if you caught our episode with the PREP Task Force, you'll know that the ballot initiative, and we, we didn't know this until we did the episode. We, we learned this in real time, so you may not be aware. But the ballot initiative that, it, I keep calling it a ballot initiative, it's a warrant article is the correct term, I apologize. The warrant article that Peterborough passed in 2021, uh, committing to getting our electricity grid all onto clean energy by 2030, aggressive goal, as well as our heating and our transportation by 2050. That was the, that was the text of the Warren article and the Warren article called for study and it called for people to devise a plan. And that resulted in not one, as we initially thought, but two task forces. Uh, So we, we spoke with prep Peterborough, renewable energy plan task force. And they're, they they have this sort of broad umbrella where they're, they're covering kind of the, basically the whole plan of how we get to 2030 essentially. And I believe we will find out tomorrow if I am telling the truth, Our, our guests will call me out if I'm, but as I understand it, one of the, uh, Arrows in the quiver, you might say in in getting us to clean energy involves what's called community power, and that's when Zoe, you might have to help me here, but that that's when I believe it allows groups of consumers to negotiate for power or to share a certain solar or or to come
1: in you out. know what? Let's let our guests. Let's let our guests. Let's let our guests explain. In,
0: so, in any case, this was one of the examples that was given to us by Prep, uh, but this task force is, as I understand it, focused just on this part of the initiative. Um, so they're going to tell us exactly uh, before I put my foot in my mouth anymore <laughs> exactly what that means. So we're going to have them on. Hopefully, what, what we can. I do mitigate- know,
1: what I do know about them is that they are the the best named task force in Peterborough. I just I love community power, it's exciting, oh yeah, that is yeah you know? you're right,
0: no yeah, totally, totally, yeah, no offense to prep, uh, but I think that community power does win that for a couple of different reasons, but um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um so hopefully the weather today is just a typical late winter thaw and is not just climate change, I mean as i I, I joke, but as as Hopefully most of you know at this point it's it's uh, notoriously difficult to actually pin any particular weather event or pattern and say that this is climate change. So who knows? Um, I'm going to try to enjoy the warm days anyway. But it certainly does seem that our winters it, it have become a little bit more volatile in any case because we uh, we did get warm and then cold and then very warm. And then we're going to get cold tomorrow morning. My AccuWeather claims that we're going to drop from 49 to 37 between 9 and 10 a.m., which is kind of nuts. See, I'm,
1: I'm joining from Cape Ann for today, and I'll still be here tomorrow. And I was looking at the weather, and it's going to be like sunny in the 50s at 10 a.m., so I'll just enjoy it for you. Good for you. Yeah. Take an extra walk. I will.
0: I am probably precluded. For, I don't. I will not get a walk-in before that happens. Um, it's too bad. But in any case, it's going to get cold. It's going to warm back up again. And then I think by the time you hear this episode, you, we, you may have gone through the entire cycle because by next weekend, it I, I think it's supposed to get cold again. So kind of crazy times, but we're here to roll with the punches. We're here to, to walk you through it uh, as best we can. And um, so we are, we are grateful for our our guests for joining us as well as being grateful for the nice days. Now, this week, top story in the Monadnock region. Kimberly Rizzo Saunders, superintendent of the Conval Regional School District, will be staying with the district after all.
3: So
0: we talked last week about the fact that she was one of two finalists for the Portsmouth School District superintendent job. And now I feel extra funny because uh, the rumor at the time that we recorded that episode was that uh, the other finalist had potentially already taken another job in Vermont and that she was probably a shoe in And accordingly, my comments last week was, well, if she doesn't get it, she can get the fuck out anyway, because she clearly doesn't want to be here. So here we are. Here we are. Speaking truth to power. And um, <laughs> um, Zoe, why don't you hit us with some of the uh, the, the coverage from the, the newspaper yeah. on this uh, exciting subject?
1: I was just going to say, like, are we sure this is a job? Because what she was looking for here. Because I think she describes it as a professional. Uh, now I can't find the article. I'm sitting here like flipping through every, every stack of paper here. Oh, here we go. She says she's not looking for another superintendent position. She, she's staying here. She's happy to serve here in Conval. And the Portsmouth position was a professional opportunity I decided to explore. Not looking for another job. Well, so
0: now I'm frustrated on a couple of levels because I believe one of the other things that I said last week was that part of the job of being a superintendent is understanding the politics and and knowing how to be political and and craft a political statement and and in general deal with the public and, and persuade them at times to, to see your way, but also at times, I hate to use this phrase, but also at times to kind of read the room, you know, know, know when not to put like an extra couple million bucks in the budget for a useless program to pad your budget, like that kind of thing, you know, good political skills. And, and I, and I regret to have to say to you, my dear viewers that in, in listeners, that hearing that statement from Kimberly Rizzo Saunders makes me realize that nope, she she does understand at least some of the political thing because that is a very very well crafted, carefully worded statement. Uh It's meaningless if, if those of you who, who don't speak politician. Um, she, she is not looking for another. Yes, th- thank you, Kim. You are not looking for another superintendent job because the one that you were looking for up until a few minutes ago told you no um so (laughs) you know i'm glad you don't have another job that you're in the running for uh as well that's good i suppose i'm glad we're just the only fallback and and you don't have a an hierarchy of them i suppose uh but yeah nice nice save nice save I'm I'm not looking for another superintendent job now. Now I'm not now that I tried and I failed, I'm not looking for another superintendent job. Nice. Uh you know <laughs> As I said before we got on the air tonight, I'm sometimes I sometimes feel guilty for saying things like this, but I'm just not going to hold back because it's clear that the the people that I am potentially piling onto simply do not care but just throwing out there that like if i was paid to be a reporter and again we we do our our media work with no budget and no remuneration we we do have sponsors that that uh, occasionally come and cover part of the costs of the operation (laughs) but uh if i was a reporter on staff uh, getting paid or or an editor perhaps giving an assignment to a reporter I, i might have maybe produce the follow-up question to that statement. Like, you know, like heard the statement and been like, yeah, but, uh, but you were. And so, you know, like it's, it's actually okay. In fact, encouraged often in many schools of journalism to ask follow-up questions and like challenge something that someone has just said to you, even if they seem like a nice person, it's, it's sort of your job to be like, "Yeah, yeah, but what well what about you know the fact that you you were you were a finalist at this other job and you were going to take like actually i mean a good journalist right the the proper follow up question is actually to say does that does your statement indicate that had you been offered the Portsmouth job, you would have declined <laughs> right? Because that's kind of how you know if it's a true statement or not, right? I am not looking for another job. But if Portsmouth offered it to me, I would take one, you know, kind (laughs) of shitty, Kim, you know? (laughs) Sorry, but that's like, it's kind of crappy. And um, yeah, I don't know. So I I know the article also contains a quote from our esteemed school board president.
1: Yeah, the school board chair, you want to hear that? That please he says he says i've applied for many different positions both inside my agency and outside my agency over my 25 year career personally i'm happy that the superintendent will be staying with the conval district as an individual board member i'm also happy that we don't have to conduct a national search in a highly competitive market where superintendents are retiring or leaving the profession in high numbers
0: yeah yeah so I read that and I have a few responses. Now his statement is not meaningless. Like the superintendent statement is Honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a sincere, it's not a politician statement, honestly. And he is literally the elected politician. Um, that's a sincere statement of, of belief and experience. That's not carefully crafted. I agree with parts of it and kind of object to others. So like on the first point about like having applied to multiple positions and say, yeah, of course, like I, I don't, I don't think that what superintendent Rizzo Saunders has done is like morally wrong or anything. Like I don't, you know, and it's, it's certainly not legally wrong. Like it's not wrong. It's, it's, it is okay to seek other positions in your career. That's, that's part of what a career is, especially in today's world. Typically, you know, a lot of times people move around different places you know things like that. That's cool. Okay, like I'm with you that far. And I'm also the part that I of his statement that I do agree with the most that I cannot argue with at all is yes, I too am glad that we don't have to hire somebody else because there is a I, I definitely have some pointed criticisms of our current superintendent, but there is a devil you know component. There is always a possibility of getting a a worse. Person as a replacement. Um, these searches are expensive. They take a long time, and you know the job market in general is uh, is very much on the side of the applicants. So you could end up you could end up with potentially. A le- I don't. I mean, I like to think that you could do better than this, but it's also possible that you could end up with a less qualified, uh, worse performing candidate that you have to pay more money to today. And so I'm with you. I'm with you, Tim. I do I do hear that. And when I say get the fuck out, Kim, I don't mean literally, you know. Um it's you know, obviously we'll we'll let you stay, you know. Um but <laughs> out of the goodness of our hearts. But I, I I also think it's fair to point out the flip side of that first statement about like applying for other jobs and stuff like that, because like look, <laughs> uh nobody in HR will ever admit what I'm going to say. Everyone involved in in hiring and and firing and and management will will deny what I'm about to say. But uh, in my not quite 25-year career, but almost 20-year career, uh, typically what happens if you go for another position, regardless of the outcome, and your current employer finds out about it, most places there's one of two things that happens either they pay you more because they know that you're looking and and they say hey you know we need we need to keep johnny over there you know he's a valued guy he's looking around we almost lost him you know we're going to give him a bump and i've seen that happen that does happen sometimes uh but the alternative, which I have happened, which I've seen happen more, is that that person then gets marginalized, if not pushed out altogether. Because we know your heart just isn't in it. And obviously things are a little different in the public sector than the private sector. At the same time, one of the ways that things are different in the public sector is that I almost think it's more important that people in key positions like superintendent want to be in those positions because all of our kids' educational experiences, never mind all of the teachers and and everything else, is is at stake when someone has that role. I mentioned last week in the podcast that I had a superintendent who was there my entire school tenure and who regardless of what may have happened to him in his second career after that, was a diligent public servant and looked out in our interest and wanted to be in Townsend. That's where he wanted to be superintendent. We don't have that here, and we know this. Hmm. You know, I, I mean, no one should feel bad for feeling not with with all of this not sitting super well with them, you know, with knowing that you have a superintendent who's got her eye on something better. I've talked a lot about this just individually just now, but I'll say one more thing, which is just that um, my, my lingering concern here is that I felt that when in last year's budget, she proposed a, a, I believe it was $1 million uh, for, and again, let's just remind everybody, this is the, this is the biggest chunk of every town's budget. is going to the schools and we all believe in the schools and we want the schools to be funded. Uh, But we also want the budgets that people propose to be fair and, and reasonable on the other and in good faith and in the best interest. And it's already many, many, Dozens of millions, and so to add even one more million dollars for a permanent remote learning program, which parents and teachers and students do not want or need, ever anywhere. Um, to me, I interpreted that as a just a career move. You know, to to for someone like Dr. Rizzo Saunders the way to advance in your career is to be able to show on your resume bullet points of innovative innovation, new programs, you know, being ahead of the curve, doing things before your peers. And sometimes if we're being honest, if a little Machiavellian, those career resume patter type programs might be better for the resume holder than the people that, Take part in the programs, the people that have to run the programs, and the people who have to pay for the programs, the taxpayer and that's not that cool, and it's the game right I, I am a big believer in like the game is the game right and and we're all in it, and we got to play it, and perhaps it's it's the superintendent's role in that game to look out for number one right but in turn it is our role in that game to respond to that and to not just let it happen like you don't you don't just let it happen ultimately i think they took that out of the budget or somehow found the money to make it work without but it was because of public outcry and so to have seen a very wasteful thing that i saw as careerist followed immediately by a uh, clear intention To advance one's career outside of our district, you know, sort of confirms my suspicions about the first proposal being in bad faith. Now I can't give her the benefit of the doubt about that. I don't know. It's too bad. I think she'll, I'm sure she'll stay on for a couple more years before finding something better. Uh, That would be my prediction. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that.
2: Kind of said it all, you know.
0: I, I, th- I, think,
2: I think she's just going to do wonderfully, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's just going to all go really swell. And I and I, I can imagine that she may feel slightly uncomfortable after having that publicly exposed. <laughs> and now she's a little, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I can't imagine. I mean, you know, it's pretty embarrassing situation. Yep. She's here. It
0: is. But if there are any school board members listening, I have vowed just so you know, no matter how mad I get at you about Dr. Rizzo Saunders or the budget or anything else that you might do. I have, I mean, I could, I could always change. There's still time for me to change my mind, but I have, uh, I have vowed at this point to vote, to reelect whichever one or two of you is up for reelection this term, because this week you voted unanimously to lift the mask mandate across the conval school district effective march 7th i'm a big fan of that move and i really appreciate it um kudos well done i it, yeah when people do something good even if i've been critical of them again i i always do this like i'm a fair man like Well done. I approve. And I will vote for you because that's very important to me. I'm practically a single issue voter at this point. Um, Bravo. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I really thought the worst of all of you. And I thought that you would keep masks in place at least through the end of the school year and maybe beyond for some inexplicable reason, because sometimes we do things like that in Peterborough, but you didn't. And I thank you for it.
2: Now we just, just
1: oh. got to get them out of the uh, town buildings. The, it expires, it expires at the end of the month. So oh, does, we'll see what happens. It does.
2: See, I'm not yeah. up on, up on Oh, what's that? The mask.
1: The, the mask mandate for town buildings. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know,
0: I already gave those, those selectmen a little shit for that one. But um, yeah, at least uh, February is a short month.
1: That's right. More than halfway over, so
0: more than halfway over, and my suspicion is that they will not renew it again
1: it's, well, especially after the after the school board vote
0: if it's optional in the schools, come on, yeah, you know? um we're at that point, everyone in society, like I said, like I said last week, the helpers are gone, um, <laughs> like it's. <laughs> it's all of the help is complete all of the help that is available has been distributed and there it is is gone um now now we just we we go on and thank god and and you know (laughs) somebody listening i'm sure is going to be like oh look at chris that anti-science ignorant little shit but like I bet you, you, whoever is thinking that, aren't aware that um, basically what I'm advocating has been the policy in uh, across all of Europe uh, for the last year and a half, ever since they reopened schools. No masks in Europe because kids are not really at risk for it. They're not big spreaders of it. And this is, it turns out, as the Europeans will tell you, backed by the science. Um,
1: I'm pretty sure even the science TM has been saying on CNN that cloth masks are fashion and not oh, effective, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: that's true. Well, that's- We decided that we decided that like what a couple months ago, all of a sudden, um, are we,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, funny, funny things, um, that, that we do, um, here, but good. But th- thank you, uh, school board for, for doing that. And the town I'm sure will follow, will follow suit. Um, but, uh, speaking of the town, we got some, uh, some moving and shaking, uh, at the town level right in terms of municipal buildings and seizing lands which some people think is a crazy idea but as we can see it it happens sometimes
1: it, yes eminent domain eminent domain i remember learning that in high school and just being it's totally pretty outrageous. rare
0: at the town level at new hampshire for eminent domain to be invoked
1: I've never heard of it at the town. uh, The only real this might be
0: the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, the
1: only real example of eminent domain I've ever heard of was when my in-laws' house was like seized so that they could build a interstate in Connecticut, like fifty years ago. That's the only example of it in real life that I've ever heard of.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably the most common occurrence. Is you know, we need to build a road where your house is.
1: Yeah, and. Let's see. This is at the. I have my papers not in order. Um, but the. Yeah, but town you know what?
0: Props to you for bringing the papers all the way to Cape Inn.
1: That's right. Just I, I did do that. Yeah, Just for this. <laughs> Just <laughs> that is <for> impressive. This. <laughs> um, the town is working on the municipal campus project, which is going to be new fire station, eventually new police station, and some other stuff, right? It's well, going to be a. Yeah, on- I
0: mean, they're going to demolish the community center, which used to be an armory. Um,
3: is that? A I, fact?
0: I believe that's the vision. I don't know if that's included in this current proposal, but that's what I've been led to believe is part of the plan. Um, Someone not that long ago was publicly talking about like what an eyesore it is. I believe you know, yeah. and like you're coming into Keene, and it's just I you don't know. It's, it, Elm Street um yeah, especially that end of elm street is particularly ugly uh, by peterborough standards you know um, i mean
1: it's true i mean I, my understanding from the rec committee is that this building may be overhauled but is not necessarily slated for demolishment.
0: i know there's some people who want to knock it down okay so i don't I, know how sure i don't know how true. official that you know what i mean like yeah, I, I don't sure. know i don't know who's who's the shock caller on this and whether that is being advanced, but some some big changes will be made. Um yeah. in any case. What about yeah. the and, bumblebees? I do like the bumblebees. I'm sorry. The build I don't mean to if no, anybody yeah, please. Yeah. It just I'm not the disparaging wrong. the mural.
2: That was a big deal,
0: you know. It is I, a big deal. It's nice. Save that I, I like it. Yeah.
1: I don't right. even hate the building. I don't know. Like I it's that got that kinda like I mean I don't want to like build a new building that looks like it, but I don't hate it. I I kinda like that old Municipal. I'm you know, kind of
0: like, like I don't know. It, I'm kind of like if we're if we're like building building new shit, you know, like for if I mean like the vision for this is like the municipal campus, you know, right. it's like the the new public buildings of the of the town. Yeah, and,
1: and I I'm saying that I don't hate the building just as a standalone, not as part of a municipal campus cuz it will probably look terrible with whatever that's, they're yeah, going to That's kind
0: of right. I'm like, you know, how does it work in this new scheme? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, not
1: I'm not thinking that far ahead. Yeah. And
0: you know, don't. for those of you who are seeing dollar signs go up as I talk, I understand and, you know, you, you just <laughs> a lot of people won't like a lot of people won't like hearing this, but like my my position on the property taxes, frankly, is that they're going to go up. And they're going to go up for pretty much like probably, you know, um, I'm in my late 30s. I'm an older millennial, you know, the, the folks who will be in charge of everything for the next 20 years or so, as the Super Bowl halftime show proved once and for all, like I've been saying for fucking years. Anyways, I'm one of them. And... The whole time that we're in charge, unlike our predecessors, the baby boomers, and yes, I am skipping generation X on purpose because they're not our predecessors. They went, they came before us, but they have basically no connection to us or the boomers. They're just lost. They're lost. Sorry, guys. You are, you're all, even though Prince Charles is literally a, a baby boomer and not an Xer, but you're all Prince Charles. Like you, you guys are getting crowned way too late. That's it. Like you, you're going to get crowned in order to die. Like you're never going to yeah. be in charge of anything. You're never going to be the target demographic. Like it, your time already went, came and went. Like the boomers have stayed alive and vibrant for far too long. And it has cost you. It's cost us too. We should have ascended 15 years ago, but you will never ascend. Anyways, I'm one of those lo- loathsome people that's going to be targeted to by marketers for a long time. But also the, the burden that I will carry as part of that, again, unlike the boomers is that we're going to have to fucking pay for all the shit that the boomers decided not to pay for. Sorry, parents, but all of our parents decided not to do a lot of things that needed to be done. And now we're going to have to do it because if we don't do it, things are literally going to fall apart. And the only way that we can do it is to give money to the government. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. So yeah, I think if we're going to be the generation to like foot the bill for all this shit, like let's fucking do it right. And we don't need a, an armory for a community center. Let's build something. That's what I say. Fair but enough. anyways, please, please continue with the story because, because there's caveats here because my dollar signs have a limit too. And we'll get so, to
1: that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But this is about, um, 3.36 acres on Elm street. Uh, I don't know if you've ever walked down Elm street, but it's like, there's a wetland back there and it is vibrant with life. Um mm-hmm. Francie von Mertens, the Conservation Commission co-chair, calls it busy with birds, deer, and other wildlife. And you can hear it if you walk down Elm Street at dusk. You know, there's there's a lot of activity there. But the town's going to uh, put some buildings there instead, although they have agreed not to encroach on the wetlands. But they're taking this land from the Harris Center, which is currently owned by the Harris Center with a conservation easement held by the Town Conservation Commission. But the town is doing quote the right thing and they're going to trade like some other land to the Harris Center somewhere else. So oh, there'll nice. be an, an equal amount of like conservation land um
0: being conserved for
1: the bears to live in.
0: <laughs> I love a good land swap not for the bears but for the people. <laughs>
1: But I'm pretty sure that must be where all the deer in our neighborhood live. Like we saw really we saw a nice deer recently, like a dark dark furred deer. Remember that? You were there, Chris. You enjoyed that dark furred deer that was like running by your house.
0: Oh, when was that? What were we doing?
1: I don't remember, but there oh. was a deer out the window.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, no, you're right. I've seen I've seen a few a few deeries lately. Um yeah, yeah but I'm cool I, I am cool with the deer.
1: Yeah, nice. I think they hang out over there, behind the uh, the ugly building.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I mean, I, I say
0: it's ugly. I, I'm kind of repeating what I've heard other people say. Like it's a it's a brick it's a brick armor. It looks like a New Hampshire National Guard Armory building because that's what it was. Um, I like brick buildings. It's cool. Peterborough likes brick buildings, but it it's very us. it's very square. You know, it's you know, it's very. It's, it's a, it it's is a not a Waldorf
1: pop. school. It's true. No,
0: definitely not. Yeah, a lot of right angles. A lot of right angles on this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, um, the fire department has come forward with a proposal um, for $25 million for the fire station. <laughs> and I was talking to my buddy, Kevin, and I, you know, I had one of my rare moments of, of, of making wrong assumptions because we were chatting about the 25 million. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, that's, it's, it's for the municipal campus, you know, it's for, you know, there's just <laughs> multiple buildings there. They need a new DPW building. And he's like, yeah, I think it's for the fire station only. And I was like, well, I could be wrong. And, uh, you know, we both looked into it and I was, uh, they're proposing 25 million for the fire station. Um, Guys, um, the <laughs> tough truths time. You're not getting that twenty five million dollars. <laughs> like there's, like the the context of our initial conversation was: Do I think the twenty five million would pass? And I was saying, frankly, no. I, I said I will vote for it, but frankly, no. I don't think it will pass. When I still thought it was for the whole campus, um, and that's because. And the reason I feel that way is because like I said, because of everything I already just explained, I'm ready to foot the bill. You know, that's why I would vote for it because 25 million I think for a whole campus, especially if it included a new community center, reasonable. The that magnificent new library we just built was an 8 million dollar building. And obviously DPW buildings and fire stations have different needs than a library. There's probably different expenses involved. I get it. I get it. I don't expect everything to be that inexpensive right but just as a comparison you can do a beautiful state of the art building for 8 million bucks we know this right Um, so I'm ready to vote for that I think it would get voted down anyway because I just think people aren't in the mood you know after the bridge after the library I do not just put my feelers out there for the vibe I don't get the vibe that people want to spend any more money right now even though they need it I think it'll get voted down I'll tell people to vote for it 25 million just for the fire station when you're telling us straight up that we need to do other buildings after the fire station, after the bridge, after the library. No fucking way, like dead on arrival, guys, dead on arrival. I mean, maybe I could be persuaded to vote yes out of of my obscene willingness to pay for my parents' mistakes. but (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but you won't get it passed. You won't, you won't do it. It won't happen. There's not a chance in hell. Now, we end this show every week by saying, take good advice. Here's here's a little bit of, let me throw a little free advice for our town officials here. Here's some fucking free advice. (laughs) Maybe this is what you guys are doing already. And I hope. I hope see this is what I what I would do if I was in your situation is I would propose the twenty five million dollar fire station because I know it's batshit crazy and it'll make people fucking go nuts and it doesn't have a chance in hell of happening. And what I would have in my back pocket is what I really want, which would then be seem extremely reasonable to people. Like, you know, if they ended up coming back with 32 million for the whole campus or something like that. And ultimately 20 million of that is going to the fire station, right? I I would vote for it. I would support it. Still don't know if it would pass because I don't know if people want to spend any money, but it's got a chance, right? So propose the absurd, wildly offensive number that no one's going to go for. And then the thing that you really want seems reasonable. It's a great negotiation tactic. I think it's very smart. I hope that's what you're doing. If that isn't what you've been doing to this point, it's not too late to start doing that. Um, even if the $25 million fire station is what you really wanted, change that. You don't really want that anymore because that's not real. You really want something else. You really want the whole campus for like a little bit more than that. Go for that. And you got a shot. That's that's my two cents on the whole thing. Yeah but we do need these things to be clear. I'm not just being like profligate here. Like, um, the fire station and the DPW building are fucking falling apart and we're a rich town. You know that's an unpopular asshole thing to say, but we, th- there is a such thing as towns that have more money than other towns. And we are one of them and we can afford a goddamn fire station that has a, a roof that doesn't leak or whatever the fuck else, you know, like, right. I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah. It would seem so. How bad is the fire station? Everybody said it's real, real bad. That it's ready to fall down and collapse on all the innocent, hardworking firefighters at any moment.
0: Yeah. And I guess the vehicles don't fit in it. That's the only other detail I remember. I've been told details about how bad it is before, and it seemed convincing. You know, this isn't really my area. So my attentiveness may have waned as the person (laughs) continued talking about the subject, but, um, I don't ever do that to anyone listening, by the way. Um, but, um, the, um, so yeah, I, I can't share any specific details cause I don't, I don't remember them, but yeah, it's, it does, it does not sound to me like they're full of shit. Like as with the bridge, it, I, 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 I am convinced at this point that we are probably several years, if not more than several years past the time when like it was actually reasonable to do this. Again, this is part of what I'm talking about with the we got to pay for the things that people should have paid for before. Um, And um, yeah, they probably should have done this before and they didn't. And now we're behind. And, you know, I mean, I think there's a... Isn't there a a funny quote in there from the architect about the costs about to go up or whatever?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just... I hate to pick on the architect, but, and I'm just like, they're paid to do
0: this. I mean, they're, they're doing their job. I understand. It's like being a Um, lawyer.
1: Yeah. But like the, the architect is like, you know, you better do it now because the cost of the cost of everything is going to go up and you, you don't want to have to pay more later. And you know, that's probably true, but it also sounds a little bit like bullying the town into like accepting this ridiculously expensive fire department
0: plan. It's one of those. Um, there's, there's some aphorism that I'm not going to remember about like the devil telling half truths or whatever, but like, that's what that's, <laughs> that's what this is because yeah, like it is a hundred percent true that the building expenses are probably going to keep going up. I don't think we're done with inflation yet. Everything's volatile yes, there is, there's no scenario where like punting makes it cost less at all. If punting probably makes it cost more. Um, (laughs) but my, when, when I see a proposal like this and you're saying that my answer is like, well, that's on you to come up with a good proposal in a timely fashion before everything goes up again, because this proposal isn't that try again. Let's do this again. If you want to not waste a lot more time and money, abandon this idea and already go straight for plan B because this is, this is plan. A is off guys. It's not going to happen. It's just, it's not, Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? (laughs) A lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money.
2: I mean the life the library is kind of a tough pill to swallow, and that wasn't necessarily the town either, right? But still, it's it's, it's bigger it, number, yeah. You know, so then to, people to are take, still take that and you know two and a half times it. It's like holy shit, three times it, right?
1: Yeah, people are people are mad about the the copper details on the library because it costs <laughs> so much. Like it, I I it makes me curious to see this fire station plan. You know, like. What are the nice architectural details here that are, <laughs> you know, what's their fire made I, of, you know?
0: I, and, in, the, in the, yeah, you're right about the copper detailing, absolutely. And that's, that's part of what, where I'm generating my, uh, judgment on the mood is coming from is things like that. Right. But, uh, to that, along those lines, I have also seen several people now that the bridge is done or, or practically done. Um, complaining about the fact that we did spend more to basically recreate the historic look and feel of the bridge. Right. Tr- really? Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. Cause people are like, there was someone, there was some dude. I'm not going to say his name, but he thinks he's a genius and he says a lot of half smart things. Um, but he was commenting about like, he did a calculation to figure out that basically the cost per it might have been square foot of the state's bridge that they're replacing by the liquor store yeah is like half or less than the cost per square foot of the bridge that we built over main street okay which like yeah uh, yeah i i mean that's worth talking about but the reason for that is obvious like that's a 101 bridge on a in an area of town that's not considered scenic and they're going to throw, like, a slab. I mean, I don't know anything about bridges. I don't know if it's really a slab. But they're going to throw, like, the cheap the cheap fucking kind of bridge on it. Like, the, the yeah. most regular bridgy bridge you can get. <laughs> and that's why it's going to cost less. You know, but we didn't want to lose the stone and the arch and all of the other things. And I think that's right. I really do. Yeah. Just like, I don't think we should have just like in the rich town of Peterborough, I don't think we should have a fire station that vehicles can't fit inside and that the roof leaks. I think that the historic bridge in the historic part of town should be kept historic looking to match yeah. that. And to to side against that is short-sighted. It's short-sighted thinking. Yeah. It's not Absolutely. investing. It means you don't believe in the future of the town.
1: Right. In in my hometown, there was a, a really hideous like plain bridgey bridge that like obscured a waterfall because oh, they just shitty. slapped one down in the middle of town, probably to save money. They needed a road, you know? And then it was a whole big thing where they had to like tear it up and then they put in a beautiful bridge and now there's a beautiful bridge and you can see the waterfall, but like that's, that's that kind of short sightedness, right? Like you slap down a cheap bridge and then you got to tear it up again. When you decide you care about beauty uh, again, you know, yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, like 90% of the town is in like rural districts where like the minimum lot size is is three acres so that we preserve the quality of the That's the reasoning is so that we preserve the quality and the character of the town. Arguably, this costs us money in certain ways. Um, It definitely costs us tax base. um, And oftentimes people with large parcels are able to do that New Hampshire bullshit fucking. um, What do you call it? What is it? it current use current use current use, current yeah. use. you know the large lot sizes uh, enable current use, which means that like a lot of these people who have the most money don't get taxed hardly anything on the land because in theory it's agricultural that could be used it, when you
1: like, you have some trees harvested every every few years you know like, it's good
0: that's right yeah. you know um so we do all of these things that definitely cost us money in other ways. And we did go into the bridge with open eyes. Like, we, Who would want an eyesore bridge right there? It would ruin the fucking town. You know, right in front but, of the
1: beautiful library with its copper flashing.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's probably the same people mad about both of those things, you know, probably. um,
2: you know, if they, did, I do, believe if they did the- do the copper though, and they spent fucking eight mil on that thing, it's like, you know, give me a break. Why? Cause you got, you know, what, two-story glass windows and shit? It's like the copper gutters. It's bossy as shit. And if you're driving by on Main Street, it's like, what do you want to see there? You know? I want to see modern building with traditional features like that. It's just fucking cool, man. You know? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Cool. I think it's beautiful surroundings. Yeah.
2: Copper gutters. (laughs) 100%. Bring back the (laughs) copper roof on the motherfucker. You know I mean? If you're going to do it, do it. And I mean I don't know if that's true at twenty five million dollars in the fire department. It's a library. It's a cultural
0: right, right.
2: The fire exactly. department. you know, it's functional. We don't need copper in the fucking fire department, but still it's Peterborough.
0: I very firmly believe that people thrive and do better when surrounded by beauty. And and that's that's yeah. that's a that's a, a Waldorfy kind of principle, you know, that's part of the wooden toys thing, you know, even if I don't really get down with that, but, you know, the, but I, I think it does apply to nice bridges. It definitely applies to libraries and Not to fire
1: when it comes, when it comes it to a fire it, it station,
0: did, you could what? Wait, well, I
1: missed it that. Could, it could apply to a fire station and we don't need, oh, could, but, we don't but, need a but, copper roof on it, but like real. it
0: should, you know, hopefully it looks But nice. like where, like where, I th- the way that I think it applies to a fire station is that let's not like the fire station doesn't have to be an architectural masterpiece, but it has to be adequate yeah. to a town of our standing. You know, we we have to have a fire station that matches our own dignity. You know, mm. and without that, I mean, the, the two things self reinforce one another, I believe. And yes, of course, uh, <laughs> a certain amount for. for <laughs> I like to head off the critics sometimes. A certain amount of privilege is required to have this conversation. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> um, if, if if we were not in a town with the wealth that we have, would we be having this discussion about aesthetics? Probably not. Uh, and that's—I
1: don't know. I think be- living in beautiful surroundings is a human thing that's that cuts across, you know, time and and a class and country and
3: maybe when it,
1: it comes maybe when it comes to like fire departments, okay, like that's a little bit of like a privileged piece of that conversation to have. But in terms of surrounding yourself with beautiful things, that's a human birthright.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously like things are declining all over the place. We know this. We especially people who are our age who were were there in the you know like future is golden 1990s and then saw that all fade very directly at very at a very like pivotal arc in the story in the novel of our lives right um we know things are worse than they were 20 years ago anybody who tells you otherwise is a fool um it's totally true um but let's not embrace the fall of society, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not let some of these things fall to the wayside willingly. Let's at least put up a fight, you know, before we all have towns without functioning fire stations. Or without copper gutters on the library. Or without, po- without beautiful copper gutters on the library. No, but it's a good point. Come on, I, I can't imagine that copper is that much more expensive than whatever they would use, but whatever.
2: It's, it's, not, it's not cheap. It's definitely not cheap. But the, uh, have you seen the Wilton, the Wilton fire station?
0: I can't picture it in my
2: head, but I'm sure I've seen it. Downtown Wilton, you know, where the post office is maybe. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of adjacent from there. It's right near, um, what else is there? I mean, I don't know. Is it near the town hall? It's, if you're coming from Milford, you pass it on the right-hand side on your way before the, town. okay
0: okay all right like, I got
2: gotcha. you here's all the right. fire station here's Maple Street goes up a steep hill and then your next building on the right effectively is the town hall after the like, okay granite yeah
0: building. yeah sure yep.
2: built a flashy nice real pretty fire station there I mean some you know I thought it was very over the top this is not super recently but in the last 10 years I think it's it's you know and it's right there you can't ignore it you know it used to be like a three garage you know, kind of a shithole. And now it's got some, you know, floor to ceiling glass. It's, it's, it's not bad, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: so maybe they could, they could, you know, take a page out of Wilton's book and build up the library, not the library, the fire fire department. I think they have an antique fire truck in Wilton too. That's there. And it's kind of on display. Oh, cool. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we got the library just saying they got yeah. the fire station.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah, just to add to my, um, my whole idyllic childhood theme, but like in the, in the, you know, the perfect little town with all the perfect little public officials, all of the buildings are beautiful too. All of them. And they were all built at different times from the town hall that was built in, I don't know, early 1800s to, uh, there's one amazing school building with some pretty sick copper dormers that go around the entire gigantic ass roof. This is a big building, right? It's a brick schoolhouse from the thirties with, um, copper dormers all around. There's that one. There's an incredibly designed school from the seventies. Um, and there's even an elementary school from the nineties that like is not as impressive as the other two, but they still took the time to make it really aesthetically pleasing, very aesthetically pleasing. All of these buildings the the old town library was extremely aesthetically pleasing but was not ADA accessible so eventually they did have a new library built similar deal to Peterborough they actually never got any public funds for it because the town kept voting it down again even the idyllic town isn't perfect uh, but a, a single private donor came through the owner of the Sterolite corporation if you've ever had a sterilite plastic container that factory is in Townsend, Massachusetts he he, he wouldn't disclose the costs and wouldn't have his name put on the building, but he paid for every cent of it. And it's a library and a senior center. It's brick and glass and it's magnificent. And it's, it, you know what, even the fires, even the police station in this town, which was also built in the early nineties, the post office, which was built in the late eighties, early nineties, um, all of these things have unique architecture that was like they put thought into it, they made it beautiful, and it always mattered. And it still matters. These things matter for generations. So spend the money, but god damn it, give us a good give us a real proposal. Give us the real proposal. That's not the real proposal. And if it is the real proposal, let's all just start saying it's not the real proposal. Dead <laughs> on arrival. Let's build beautiful buildings together the right way. All right. Did we have anything else? I can't remember on our agenda tonight. We are pretty much up against time. We got to get to our guests here. Yeah, let's
1: let's call it and get to the guests. Build
0: beautiful buildings, everybody, and give us a real proposal. (laughs) All right. Before we go, let's just mention the fact that um, by the time people listen to this, the memoir workshop will be over, but Monadnock Underground does have three workshop programs coming up with professional writing instructor, poet, coach, all-around good fellow, Brian Evans-Jones. Memoir is going to be, again, before you hear this, but there will still be time when this episode comes out for you to register online. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes. For our fiction workshop, the two-part workshop on two Tuesday nights, March 1st and March 8th at the Peterborough Town Library, I'm not going to even try to tell you the times because I will say them wrong because we have said something wrong in every single communication about these workshops. It's been very terrible, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to avoid the mistake. It's on those days. Look on the link to find out the times they're at night. Okay. The next two (laughs) Tuesdays, um, (laughs) the 15th and the 22nd are poetry. So sign up for those again, links on the website, need to pre-register, but this is a great opportunity to work with a professional writer, um, to, to um, have the programming sponsored by Monadnock Underground, and for, you know, really the mission of which is, is for all of us to hone our craft of writing together. So it's a really, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us as well as for anybody who wants to take part in it. It's a, the, it's a circle reinforcing, it goes both ways. One hand washes the other. A lot of people don't understand that, but that's how this is. So sign up for those. And much more exciting things to come. We have submissions open as of March 1st. That'll be actually coming right up after this episode comes out. March 1st will just be a few days away from March 1st to April 10th. Submit anything you want. Essays, fiction, uh, personal narrative. We accept poetry, but as always, we do de-emphasize it just slightly. But we we will take your poetry submissions. Submit to us. There's a contest involved. We're going to give awards out at the end. All of this stuff is going to be published in our spring season from April 15th to June 15th. It's going to be a blast just like the fall season was. So if you haven't started writing, get to it. You've got to, you've, from the time I'm recording this, you have about two months from the time you hear it. You've got a little bit less than that to get your stuff in before the deadline. Uh, and if you have that thing, that unfinished project that you've been working on, maybe you know, dust that thing off. Maybe you can revise it, complete it in the time. all kinds of opportunities here. It's great. It's going to be fun. also want to give a big shout out to our good buddy, producer, and sound lord, Chad Patterson at studio117.net. Right? Yeah. Not.com. Not.com. (laughs) Not.com. Dot.net. Or dot.gov. Dot.net. 117.net. He can hook you up with audio editing sound setup recording producing any everything that he does for us and much 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 more you should see this guy set um in his house he loves doing this stuff he's got quick turnaround and he's honestly one of and i've worked with him extensively because we were coworkers for a number of years he's one of the most pleasant people in the entire universe to work with so i can't recommend him enough and also he's now got a band and their band has their first gig this weekend, so before you guys, you, it'll, it will it will already be in the past, so you guys can't go to it. Sorry. It's down in Lynn, Massachusetts out of Knights of Columbus. But Down by 10 is the name of the band. They bill themselves as dad rock, but they can do covers from like 40 years, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe the 2000s. No one knows what to cover from the 2000s, but it's there. It's available. They, you know, they'll play yacht rock, dad rock, um, whatever kind of rock you can think of. Your party, your bar mitzvah, your baptism, your retirement, your wedding even. I bet you they would. I'm sure they would do weddings. I don't think that they, I don't think we've talked about weddings, but I don't think they would turn you down. These guys are accommodating. They're fun, wonderful cover bands to set the mood for any occasion. Book them now. They are very available and they are super excited to get out there all over New England and play shows for your benefit. Thanks for joining us. Keep listening. Uh, There won't be any outro after the episode, so I'm going to say my goodbye, but please keep listening so that you can hear our guests. This is actually really important, just as important as the beautiful buildings that we want to build for the future of Peterborough. I I am really deeply interested in local approaches to mitigating climate change and, and doing whatever we can to survive it, because ultimately... My personal belief is that we will be on our own. We will, we will have to do this on our own. So I really like it that we're talking about this at, at this level. Don't be skeptical about it. Listen to these folks. They're really good people, um, you know, taking on a Herculean task. And and uh, they, can, they could use our input and, it, if nothing else, our friendly, sympathetic ears. That's our show. Have a great day. Uh, weekend week enjoy the start of march which is a tumultuous month but it is the month of my birth and i am glad about it and it leads us to spring so march is begun is beginning soon after you hear this enjoy that we'll see you soon back here in the space lounge and until that day may come remember to take good advice
1: We are joined today by Joel Huberman and Tony Cassidy, co-chairs of the Peterborough Community Power Task Force, the best named task force in town, in my opinion. Community power. So (laughs) I think, Joel, you're going to start us off and give us just a rundown of everything we were getting wrong when we were trying to figure out what what the Community Power Task Force is and set us straight and set our listeners straight about what you're doing.
4: <laughs> well, I'm, I um, I suspect you probably didn't get everything wrong. I suspect you probably got mostly right. But uh, yeah, let me put things in context. Uh, just a little bit less than a year ago, the town of Peterborough passed a warrant article um, pledging a, an attempt to bring the town to 100% renewable energy for everything. Every aspect of renewable of, of energy uh, should be renewable by the year 2050. But uh, also, in the same Warren article, there was an aspiration to make all of Peterborough's electricity. That's not just the electricity used by the municipal buildings, but also the electricity used by residents and businesses. All the electricity used in Peterborough to be based on 100% renewable sources by 2030. That was aspiration. Uh, That was a little bit less than a year ago. Uh, Since in in the intervening time, uh, it has become possible, thanks to relatively advanced New Hampshire legislation. uh, The main bill is RSA 53-E, as an elephant, Uh, uh, as modified by HB 351 or 315, I can't remember offhand, uh, which was passed uh, last year and put into effect in October of last year. Um, Those two bills in combination enable communities like Peterborough to do their best to find sources of electricity that are more renewable and possibly less expensive than the sources of electricity um, used by Eversource in its default program. Um, This is called electricity aggregation, and it's a relatively complicated process, but I hope we can can make it clear to uh, all of the listeners. Um, At this point, I'm going to let Tony... Oh, sorry, I've got more to say. Um, In order to deal with the 2030 limit, um, the town of Peterborough established a um, a public committee. This is an official committee of the town of Peterborough called the Peterborough Community Power Task Force. If you go to the uh, town website and look under government, you'll find the heading community power task force. And if you click on that, you'll find a lot of information about our task force. Um, so we are an official okay. town committee, and our job is to work out the details of getting Peterborough onto a community power plan. There's another committee that was formed at the same time. It's not an official town committee. Instead, it's what we call an ad hoc committee. Um, being ad hoc gives it a both more freedom and um, uh, maybe a little bit less power. But uh, in any case, it's a very important committee. That's the committee you heard about in the previous podcast. It's the Peterborough Renewable Energy Planning Team or PREP team. And that's the committee that is tasked with working out the overall strategy to get us to 100% total renewable energy by 2050. Okay, Tony, take it from there.
3: Okay. Uh, Well, our task force has put together uh, a draft plan that will be presented at town meeting. Uh, It it is the Peterborough Community Power Plan. Uh, So let me talk a little bit about that plan, and and I'll start with community power and what that is. In short, community power is a way for towns to help their ratepayers save money on their energy bills and also get more energy from renewable sources. Um, With this legislation that Joel referred to, uh, cities and towns are allowed to pool the energy needs of all their residents and small businesses and use that to make bulk purchases uh, of electricity at wholesale prices. Today, Eversource, our utility, of course, delivers the electricity to uh, all of the customers in Peterborough. Uh, They they don't generate the electricity that they deliver to the customers, but rather Eversource buys that electricity from other generators, and that's by New Hampshire regulations. Uh, With Community Power, Eversource, will continue to deliver the electricity. Uh, They will continue to do the billing of the electricity, so everyone continues to get their bill just as they currently do. Eversource maintains the poles and wires uh, and so forth. But instead of Eversource buying that electricity, Peterborough Community Power would then buy the electricity, uh, and they would buy it in bulk. Uh, for the residents and small businesses of the town. Um, so this, uh, this provides several benefits uh, to the ratepayers payers in, in Peterborough. Uh, number one is savings. The fact that uh, we would be buying in bulk um, is one factor in getting pricing down, but also Peterborough would be allowed to choose when they buy the electricity. Eversource as the utility and by state regulation can only buy the electricity two times per year. And so they go out to the electric market. Whatever the market is at that point in time is where they get their best rate uh, available on that date. And they purchase the electricity for the next six months and that's passed on to the ratepayers. Under community power, we'll be able to buy uh, and shop around for that electricity at any time. So, uh, And we will have uh, third-party service providers that will be contracted with the town uh, who have expertise in the energy market, and they will watch the energy market and make the purchases when energy rates are at their lowest uh, rather than being tied to those two times per year. Uh, so the fact that we, uh, we, we choose when to buy the electricity uh, helps save money in addition to buying in bulk. Uh, we'll also have the benefit of more local choice. So uh, Peterborough can control the ener- energy mix, uh, where it comes from, uh, and also how the rates are set. This will also support, uh, as Joel uh, mentioned Peterborough's energy goals of achieving 100% renewable energy sources for electricity by 2030. The uh, community power will also promote equity uh, throughout the town. Uh, Today, a lot of people would like to participate uh, and enjoy the benefits of renewable energy, but putting solar panels on their roof is just not something that's available or practical to everybody. Uh, Some people live in a home that they rent, so they can't put the solar panels on, or maybe they own their home, and the roof is not situated properly, or there's lots of shade, or for whatever reason, um, putting solar panels on is is just not practical. But with community power, uh, you don't have to have solar panels on your roof. All you have to do is pay your electric bill, and you can participate uh, in the benefits of renewable energy. Also, community power will uh, give us the ability to establish a reserve fund. That reserve fund can be used down the road as it accumulates uh, money, Uh, and it can be uh, used to um, fund projects uh, such as local renewable energy development, um, energy-efficient renovations for um, low- and moderate-income homes, uh, it could be used for purchasing batteries, for energy storage, to be used during power outages, uh, and things like that. Uh, so uh, very beneficial to the town. One of the nice things about community power and something we try to emphasize is it will be completely optional for everyone in the town. Uh, once we establish community power in the town, uh, everyone will be notified uh, that this is coming into effect. And if you don't respond to your notice, then you will automatically be enrolled in Community Power and you will be enrolled at a default rate. But anyone that chooses to may opt out up front or at any time during the program, there'll be no penalty for opting out. So, uh, so everyone has the choice of that. Um, the plan that we've put together calls for four tiers Uh, that will be offered to each rate payer, will have a default tier. That default tier, which is what everyone gets put on if they don't respond that they want something different, uh, will be set so that the cost or the rate will be equal to or lower than the Eversource Eversource default rate at that time. Uh, It will also have a slightly higher percentage of renewable energy in that mix. Um, But we will also have three other rate tiers. There will be one opt-down tier. Anyone who wants to lower their rate, and that's the most important thing to them, can opt down to the lower tier, which will be at a lower rate, but it'll have a lower percentage of renewable energy in the mix. Mm -hmm. And then there will be also two opt-up tiers, Uh, One of those will be at at roughly 50% renewable energy, and the other one will be 100% renewable energy. So ratepayers can choose one of those if they want more renewable energy in their mix, and those will be set at individual rates uh, as well. And uh, like I said, anyone can opt up or opt down or totally opt out of the plan at any time, and there's not any penalty for doing so.
1: That that so
3: that's, answers uh, that, that. That's it in a nutshell.
1: The big question I had was what this looks like for you know a, an individual ratepayer, and you just answered that pretty well. So we're not. You, what What you're doing is opening the door to make 100 percent renewables available, but no one's being forced into it at this at this point.
3: Right. You know, our hope is eventually. We will, have, we will have the ability to offer 100% renewables and at a lower rate than right. uh, you would get uh, through the Eversource Default. Right. And uh, we don't feel like that's likely year one, right. but yeah. as renewable energy sources continue to get built out uh, more and more uh, and catch up with the demand, it only makes sense that renewable energy cost will come down because the, the nice thing about renewable energy is you don't have to pay for fuel. You're not, uh, you don't have that cost in the mix. Once you get the uh, initial infrastructure paid for uh, it's uh, it's a very low cost to continue to supply that energy.
4: Let me uh, yeah. just add, add a little bit to, to that comment. Uh, already, Renewable energy is competitive with or less expensive than all forms of fossil fuel energy if it were just left on its own. And, you know, the, 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 the if the price for renewable energy were determined only by the expense of building the infrastructure and then uh, uh, paying for maintenance and fuel, maintenance and fuel are, are both very low or zero. Um so throughout the world, renewable energy is is available in almost every place almost every place at a price that is competitive with or lower than uh, fossil fuel energy but f- from our point of view here in Peterborough New Hampshire um, we're not able to go out to uh, uh, um, solar solar farms in New Mexico, for example. We buy our renewable energy through a process called renewable energy certificates. Uh, they, uh, when, when a renewable energy company um, generates a certain amount of energy, I believe it's one megawatt, that company is awarded a renewable energy cer- certificate and can then put that certificate onto the market we in Peterborough will be buying renewable energy certificates on that market right now, as Tony pointed out, there is a significant shortage of renewable energy compared to the demand. So the price for renewable energy certificates is high. We are hoping, as Tony says, that as time goes on, uh, the uh, amount of renewable energy available will blossom. And uh, that will drive down the uh, uh, increase, the supply, driving down the demand, and allow the price to come down. Um, so, uh, we're hoping that by 2030, the 100% renewable option may prove to be the least expensive of the options mm. at that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, and at that point, I mean, the, doesn't the, the market forces kind of take over, right? I mean, you, I mean, why, why wouldn't you, you you'd almost have to be, uh, I don't know. Um, it's sort of a sadomasochistic sadomasoch- thing going on. If you choose the more expensive, more fossil fuels option, right? I mean, you know, it, I
1: just really you know, hate the sun or something. Yeah.
0: You're you're really just a, uh, an unhappy person, I guess, if that's, if that's what you're, you're choosing to do. But, um, so yeah, I mean my my first rea- reaction to all this is that I feel like it's rare to hear a plan especially for something as complex like this that seems to already address most of the common criticisms against the plan like this beforehand. So I'm 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 fairly I'm fairly impressed. I don't I don't know I don't know what else people would think of to, to oppose something like this. I mean, you're, you're offering more choice, opt in, um, you know, lower, cost. The, yeah, lower, <laughs> right lower the bat, cost, you know, as an, option, um, and it's, and it's forward thinking and in the sense that, you know, you are anticipating, f- you know, further things to happen in the market that will, that will enable this more. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, it also generates re- revenue for a fund that, that can continue to further these same goals in other ways. I don't know. Pretty, it sounds like a pretty, pretty solid deal here. So, so what are the challenges that you guys are up against in terms of implementing, implement, making this a reality? Like, is this just a matter of getting this to town meeting or are there, are there more hurdles
3: involved? There are. The, that's the big thing is getting it to town. meeting. mean, what, one other thing I want to mention and why this is so good Uh, is that there is no cost to the town to implement community power. Uh, It it will have no effect on taxes. Uh, It will not tie up any of the town staff uh, because it will be administered by a third party. Uh, So um, financially, there's no downside to it. Yeah.
0: That's important to
4: know. The third party will be compensated by a very tiny charge uh surcharge on the on the rate, but it, it it's it's uh we don't know for sure yet which uh, what the surcharge will be, but um uh there's a good chance it might be as low as one mil per kilowatt hour. One mil is
0: point one one tenth of a cent. Ah, I see. Yeah that doesn't doesn't sound overly burdensome as a surcharge. <laughs> right. right. Um, uh, so yeah, so we want to bring this to town meeting, and 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 it'll it'll be you know a question before the voters of the town, and and let's say we we pass it, mm-hmm. we proceed. Is there is there are there any are there any other other hurdles beyond beyond that point?
4: Yes, there are. Uh, the there are two hurdles for us. One hurdle is um, bringing the. Uh, the plan as passed by the town uh, to the uh, New Hampshire Public Utilities Commission. Mm-hmm. The New Hampshire Public Utilities Commission, as you may be aware, is currently way behind in its agenda. Uh, it um, has had before it for some time uh, the, the necessity to make uh, the fine fine rules for implementation of community power plans Uh, It is now beginning to work on that. Um, We are not yet sure what those fine rules are going to be. Um, So probably we will wait until the New Hampshire Public Utilities Commission has uh, developed its fine rules, and we will make sure our plan is consistent with those fine rules before we submit it to the PUC. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Once it's consistent with the rules, a passage or, or approval by the PUC uh, is very likely. Um, the other uh, concern that we have to fa- deal with is a choice of a third-party service provider, um, the, pro- the provider that will help us purchase the electricity on the wholesale market. There are three organizations that are, uh, all three are very good. They're vying for Peterborough's business and we have to make a selection between them. Uh, that's making the choice between them is something that we'll probably focus on after the plan is passed by the town, but before we submit to the PUC.
3: Gotcha. A couple of things that we we need to mention. We have a survey right now uh, where, trying to gather as much input from the community as possible. I mentioned we have a plan, but it's a draft plan, and Mm -hmm. we think it's pretty close to final, but we want to hear more from the community and uh, alter that plan as needed if we get uh, some good, important input. Uh, One way of getting the input is a survey, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have that up and running on SurveyMonkey. Uh, and we'll provide you the link to that. And if we Excellent. could attach that uh, to the end of this, that would be great if people yeah, can. Yeah, we'll get that in the show it notes. Takes, survey, it takes two or three minutes. It's, uh, it's very short and simple, but it, that would be very helpful the more input we can get through that. Great. Also, next week, uh, we have two public hearings scheduled. Uh, one is Tuesday, uh, the 22nd, at 7 p.m. It will be at the uh, Peterborough Town Library. Uh, it's also available on Zoom, so anyone can can join by Zoom, and we'll get you that link uh, and that information as well. Uh, we'll also be doing the same thing. Another public hearing will be Thursday of next week, which is the 24th, at 5 p.m., also at the Peterborough Library, also available on Zoom. So uh, if, if anyone sees this and wants more information wants to... Uh, Give us more input. Uh, we welcome you to uh, join us at uh, one of those public hearings. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Unfortunately, the episode probably will come out after um, the hearings. It usually takes okay. us about a week to actually get them out, but we will we will try to to get this out as soon as possible. And um, yeah. and uh, and yeah. But certainly the links in the survey and the you know other ways that um, that folks can get involved. We will. Be sure um, to to get the word out there. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, a- anything else that folks should know before we uh, before we sign off this week? I, th- I mean, you guys have, you guys have covered a lot. Yeah. I don't, I, don't yeah. mean, I, I can't think of anything else that well, uh, that, just, that might be.
1: Quick question: There are other towns in New Hampshire that have implemented this successfully, right? So we have models to look at. Do you know off the top of your head? what towns might have, have done this successfully?
4: Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, there are quite a few other towns that, ha- that are, uh, have passed uh, in their town meetings a community power plan. Other towns that are preparing community power plans as we are for passage at their 2022 town meeting. Uh, and other towns that are just beginning to think about it. But no town has implemented community power yet. That's because the PUC has not yet developed the rules. Got it. Right. And, yeah. Of course. Um, that makes sense. Uh, we, we, the forecast is that the earliest um, the PUC might complete the rulemaking process would be uh, sometime later, 2022, could go on even longer. So, so we're all waiting for the PUC. That's the really the rate limiting step. Um, and once the PUC makes the rules, then there will be a lot of towns um, starting up community power plans in this neighborhood. Uh, the city of Keene, the county of cheshire cheshire county and and city of Keene both are are developing such plans. Um, uh, the town of towns of Harrisville, Marlborough, Swansea, um, Wilton all all in this neighborhood um, I may yeah. be missing one or more towns in this neighborhood and then it goes out all across the state there for example exeter uh is doing this uh, uh the upper valley region is is rich in such towns because the um the man who single handedly did the most to bring um Community power legislation to the state of New Hampshire. Clifton Bilo lives in Lebanon. He's one of the administrators of the town of Lebanon, uh, but he's also the man who understands the legislation uh, most of all. He's working with the PUC to to get good rules.
3: Excellent. And while this is all brand new here in New Hampshire, uh, it's not that new in several other states. Massachusetts, for one, uh, has this up and running, and there are a lot of towns in Massachusetts that have this. They don't call it community power. I forgot it's uh, uh, aggregation of the term, but it's it's, it's very, very similar uh, to this. Uh, And uh, California, uh, a number of other states, Uh, have similar programs uh, that are already up and running and the towns are utilizing them and it's uh, proving to be beneficial.
4: Yeah. Uh, But I I do want to say that New Hampshire, Massachusetts, California, and the other states are a minority of the total. So in a way, New Hampshire is acting as a pioneer here. And certainly the, the legislation that uh, Clifton Bielow and others helped to craft. And by the way, it's definitely bipartisan legislation. Uh, The the Republicans in the state legislature are enthusiastic about this, as are the Democrats. This is a a really um, amazing example of the possibilities of bipartisanship, even in a state like New Hampshire that sometimes seems to be very polarized.
0: Well, that's um, excellent, and, and I think it it should be bipartisan, really, because everything you both have described. It, it, there's, I mean, not only is it, I think, a, an overall net good for, for everyone, but there, even even from a, a a political partisan perspective, I think that there's much for people on both sides to to like and to want yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. All right. Well, you know, thank you all for coming on the show and and thank you for the work that you're doing and, and your expertise. I mean, we're, we're, we're all benefiting from this and I know this stuff isn't easy, but you guys sure know your stuff and you're, you know, kind of, you know, putting the wedge under this big boulder and, 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 and doing, doing the work to get it rolling. So I think that's, that's awesome. So thank Thank you
3: for having us. Thank Thank you very much,
4: Chris and Zoe. It's, it's, We've en- very much enjoyed this interview.
0: This is great. All right. Well, you guys take care. We'll put the info in the show notes. And to our listeners, have a wonderful week. We will catch you next week on Gomo tonight.
4: Thank you. Same same day. Thank you. Thank you.